0: What's up, everybody? This is Micah Ness, and you're listening to Silverline Behind the Frame, and this is episode number 20. On this episode, we have a roundtable discussion with several of the guys from Vortex Optics. We have Mark Boardman, the brand experience manager. We got Sawyer Briel, who is the marketing communications manager, and we have Paul Nies, who has been with Vortex from the beginning. And we cover several different topics from how Vortex was started to the direction of the company and the marketing endeavors that they're doing. And we also get to hear from each of these solid guys about their involvement, not only in Vortex, but also the passion for the outdoors that they each have as well. Well, speaking of Vortex, that's uh, who we got on today on the podcast, so We'll go around and uh, and kind of introduce who is on the mics here today. So uh, uh, to my left over here, who do we got?
1: I'll jump in. Uh, this is Paul Nice with Vortex Optics, and I'm one of the uh, as we talked a little bit earlier, one of the OGs around Vortex. Been OG. there. Um, as your listeners may or may not know, Vortex is a family-owned company and uh, go way back in the optics industry. And and uh, I hired on and worked with them really before we even launched Vortex. So. Definitely go back a ways. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then I you know, we're here in Idaho right now at the BHA convention. Um before doing that, I, I cut my I spent twenty years as a hunting guide here in Idaho. So I, you know, a little bit feel like I'm at home right now. Yeah, so that's kinda a place home- to be. Yeah. Homecoming
2: for you, Paul. Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. Wonderful yeah. state.
0: Nice. And then we got uh the 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 famous uh recently okay. rap artist. Uh <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs>
1: cut cut
0: you going to have to expand the headphones mark your head's getting yeah it's blowing up a little it's bit. starting to it's swell getting, again it's <laughs> getting big uh, so but but yes we have mark mark Boardman. so
2: so, yeah, no, yeah, Mark Boardman, Vortex Optics. Uh, before I got here, I had a couple outdoor retail jobs uh, back in Washington State. That's my home state. So I finished up school at WSU, and I worked at an Orvis uh, fly shop for a stretch, which was really cool, kind of dedicated all my outdoor, at least to my fishing side, to fly fishing during that stint, and then uh, transitioned from there to a really cool shop, Outdoor Emporium in downtown Seattle. And uh, that was kind of like, I, I mean, almost um, just uh, – Man, it was a sweet shop. We had a marine department, fish department, hunt department, and got to kind of work all those different things. And yeah. uh, and then went from there to Cabela's in Sydney, Nebraska. Ended up in the marketing brand management department doing media relations. And that's kind of a lot of what I've been doing at Vortex for the last 10 years. So not, not, not as long stint. As Paul, but yeah, I, get, really I got, I have got a few years on yeah. Here too. you. Yeah, when you when yeah. you catch got up, up, you'll you'll have a
1: track record <laughs> as long as mine. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But, nice. So I guess that's
2: that's the quick and dirty on that. So yeah, yeah. And then to my right, we. Yep. Have... So
3: so I'm Sawyer Breel. I also work for Vortex, uh, pretty closely with Mark, PR marketing, kind of influencer relations type stuff. Um, I don't have quite as storied of a history as these two guys. I actually came here. Uh, Right out of college, I went to the Department of Natural Resources in Wisconsin, Uh, started out as an LTE, which is like limited term employment, uh, working on some stream bank easement stuff. So uh, trying to purchase easements from landowners to allow for access for trout fishing, all that type of stuff. Yeah. And then moved into more of like a kind of marketing, broader fish, wildlife and parks division type role. So this was, uh, I think we'll probably talk about it, but this has been a really cool transition for me coming into kind of the private sector yeah
1: Yeah, that's cool yeah Yeah. that brings back memories when you say LTE one of the 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 little known facts about myself is in my early 20s I worked as an LTE for a while and and, uh, my job was picking up dead deer carcasses (laughs) off (laughs) the so (laughs) <laughs> it was, I guess it was nice. wildlife related. But did you uh, get to eat then? No, they most of them were well beyond. This is well beyond. This is, this is not the, the <laughs> yeah. harvest portion. is no, aged the, yeah. it, uh, not to perfection. It was yeah. it was hooking a winch cable to him off the back Ooh. of a pickup and then standing yeah. back. As they oh man! Up yeah. there were uh, there were some explosions. So. I remember my oh. first
3: day as an LTE. I was like, "So, what is the vacation situation?" They're like, "Yeah, you can take off any day you want." I was like, "Awesome!" They're like, "Yeah, you don't get paid for it." I was like, cool. <laughs> it's going to be a good couple of years here.
0: So the non-paid time off, it's yeah. like, well, that's, uh, I can relate to that. I own my own business. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, when you take off, you are taking yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. but D- uh, God, Paul, I'm surprised you didn't stick with that, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah that sounds one like those, a job you for know, the one future. That's uh, hard just business, wasn't in uh, it anymore, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're, what we're really wanting to do is is uh, talk about, you know, Vortex. Obviously, we got a d- couple different kind of demographics represented here as well with, with the company and kind of what Vortex is about. And um, I guess we can let whichever feels like uh, they can speak into, you know, for the different areas sure. and stuff. But um, kind of the big part that we want to jump into, I think you alluded to a little bit there, Paul, of just kind of the... The background of getting started with, with Vortex, because a big part of what we like to dive into is 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 how things came to be, you know, where they are today. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's a lot of different things that go into that. It's not just a, <laughs> I'm sure it'd take a long time to tell flip all of the story, but, and, but for yeah. those that don't realize, I mean, like, you know, saying family owned and, and that type of thing, or what, what's some of the other unique things about how it got started?
1: one i think one of the most interesting things about vortex and so we've we've talked about this on on our own podcast a couple of times is sort of the history of the company and it, and it is a family owned company yeah and it was it was started by uh, a fellow named Dan Hamilton and his wife margie and uh, they have four boys now that are that are all active in the company but the history was that uh dan had started back in the 80s a company called Eagle Optics and some listeners may remember it we, we closed down Eagle a couple of years ago but but relatively recently yeah. and Eagle was very well known it was it was a retail business so we, we sold all the major brands of optics and it was uh, at the time it was just a little black and white paper catalog that shipped out around the country and Dan's background originally was, was a little more tied into the nature and birding markets he was also running a franchised Wild Birds Unlimited store at the time but he was priced very, very competitively, uh, compared to anyone else out there, you know, any of the big places, Cabela's or the big box stores. And so what happened is his, his customers expanded beyond that nature and birding. They, you know, it eventually, yeah. as that catalog went out, well, we got started getting a lot of Western hunters that were interested, of course, in buying optics to hunt with. And that was about the time I stepped in working for Dan. I was guiding, I was sort of looking for something different to do. And, uh, Dan was looking for some help, and I, st- I was back home in Wisconsin visiting my folks one time and, and answered an ad, went in, interviewed with Dan. Turned out it was a it was a perfect fit at the time because he was getting a lot of hunters and shooters starting to call yeah. in there. And at the time, there really was... No one else in the company that was very familiar with that stuff, so it, you know I, that role just kind of fell on my lap. Sure, and you know it—it it became a pretty good chunk of the business that we did was going out to Western hunters and shooters. And Dan was very, very sharp entrepreneurial guy, and he sort of learned through various connections there the the ins and outs and how you sort of went about manufacturing, going over and and, and most of the companies at the time were using facilities in the Pacific Rim and Asia to build optics so we st- we sort of tiptoed into that we started doing we had a uh, a little branded house brand wildbirds and limited binocular that we did uh, through Eagle Optics, we had a very popular model called the Ranger binocular, which was, uh, mm. you know, wide yeah. appeal, just a very nice trim design, great eye relief, very good look and feel to it, became extremely popular, we sold a lot of those. So it sort of, it it laid the mark on how to do things. Yeah. And then as, as things finally progressed, you know, we did a couple other things, we licensed the Audubon brand name, we did some Audubon binoculars, which that used to be associated with a different company called Swift, uh, so it was all kind of that learning curve building up and then you know eventually through Eagle we we tried selling rifle scopes a couple of times tiptoed in and out of that we weren't fully committed to it but we knew that market was out there we knew it was big you know if we were going to be a hunting optics company we had to do rifle scopes there was no question about it and then eventually that all sort of led to the desire to to come up with a brand and launch a brand sort of similar to Eagle in a way, yeah. but one that was definitely geared more to the outdoors, hunting, shooting markets. And so, then, you know, eventually those ideas all came together and we, you know, came up with the name Vortex, which we'd used for a couple earlier products and it gotcha. just kind of grew yeah. from there you know our first line lineups were pretty small a few binoculars you know yeah. and the next year to a, a you know a small line of about 10 rifle scopes and then it just slowly grew every year from there but there were there were definitely some you know some company strategies involved yeah. there that, right. that helped us grow that way too yeah
0: yeah no that's awesome i mean it's it's definitely one of those things that uh um all the things that build up to that that you don't realize um, set the stage for where things are going to go later on.
1: So Dan, Dan's perspective was a little bit different. He came into that, first and foremost, he started as a retailer, remember. And so he he knew what was important to dealers, what, what was valuable to dealers. And so when we became a manufacturer, and now we were looking to, to bring dealers on and talk to people, Dan had their interests at heart. He knew what what worked for a dealer, what didn't work for right. a dealer. So that was a fairly unique strength. And the other thing that was that was really big is Dan was very very focused on customer service. That's always been for for any of us that have been there no matter whether it's me or or Mark or Sawyer at the times you come in, you very quickly learn that customer service is the big thing at Vortex. It's just, you know, taking care of customers is is just goal number 1 there. Any pretty much you know, whatever we have to do to make someone happy, we will do that. And and when you put those two things together, you know, it just became a very valuable way to go about it you know right. it, it yep. related not only to dealers but to the end users and we we in those early days I mean we didn't spend much on marketing and advertising contrary to what a lot of people think our budgets were very small but yeah. we grew from a you know from yeah. a grassroots yeah. end of things we we drove customer interest yeah and in, in, uh, came up from that direction which right. paid dividends down the road
2: yeah the marketing yeah. really was just treating customers right yeah and you know yeah. i mean like you know people always talk about oh, third party endorsement or this that the other i mean i it really truly was customers going man i bought this optic and it was a really good optic and i they treated me great and you know i mean we we relied yeah. on
1: word of mouth a yeah. lot in early days yeah yeah
2: you know and like you said paul i mean those unique perspectives that dan had on both the retail and the manufacturing side and kind of knowing the needs of both those elements and then pretty what those pretty strong unique. Yeah, you know, know, baseline principles or, or philosophies of, I mean, you know, just really kind of were that recipe for really organic natural growth.
0: Right. right. Yeah. And, and how do you feel Um. maybe more with, with your arena there, Mark is, is how do you continue a, a foundation of that? That was, that was based on a lot of word of mouth and and a different type of communication platform back then. And then now, having to translate that same message to now, I mean, it, d- does it lead to just having to f- find different ways to get it across, or do you actually have to change some of of what you're saying and how you're saying it to make sure it it, it connects with the current audience?
2: I mean, I think it's just, I mean, everything kind of supports, you know, one another, each other, right? So, I mean, you just ha- kind of have, I guess, these different elements of the company. I guess from a, you know, maybe from, a brand perspective you know paul you have a strong western background and mm-hmm. i guess i'm from that area as well but you know um i mean definitely people folks are using a lot of rifle scopes and spotting scopes and and binoculars in the east but the west i think is just intrinsically a more optics intensive that's, uh, right. that's right
1: area i can when we first started sketching vortex out that was i think one of the big strengths of you know and, and not to toot my own horn at all but that that i really did contribute was coming in from that western hunting perspective yeah and i when we first talked about that brand and how best to go about it i, I was a strong advocate for making it initially as appealing as possible to western hunters because yeah. those were the guys that were more focused on optics And it w- and what was interesting so the look the The sizes, the models that we went with initially, a lot of that was kind of geared to that Western hunting guy. Mm -hmm. And then as Vortex grew, what was interesting for a long time, we were far, far better known in the Rocky Mountain states. Than we were even in our hometown and and much more so (laughs) than we were in the east yeah and even today when I look at how we grew and spread through the country the southeast is probably really sort of the last part of the country that we kind of grew down into yeah but but the the goal was if you can come up with a a optics line and models and features that appeal to the western guys it's gonna it's gonna help you all over the place and and part of that take was that there you know a lot of guys that hunt in the east or the midwest it's possible they might never hunt out west they might never need the same models that a western guy does Mm -hmm. but a lot of them aspire to it they they, even if they can't they you know they want to do that they they want to use the stuff that 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 you know the guys in the west are using the serious h- mountain hunters right. and that worked pretty well you know we did yeah. it's we, we really ran with that yeah
2: well it's almost like a screening process too or at least when you're making a purchase right you know like I might not be using my optics like that guy is but I know if it's good enough for him yeah it's for sure going to be good enough for me to yeah. do what I need yeah. it to do
1: yeah yeah And yeah. I, and I think another thing we tapped into earlier than most probably is the the whole kind of concept of adventure hunting Mm. I think we were very early adopters. And I don't, that was probably already going when you were there, Mark, because we started, I know we initially worked with a small local ad agency. Mm-hmm. And you probably remember that. We used to, we had group meetings and we'd sit around and we we looked at various images that they would come up with. And we definitely gravitated toward that oh, kind of sure. adventure yeah. hunting, you know, rough yeah. terrain, kind of cutting edge gear, you know, hard conditions. And we, yeah. uh, I think we grabbed that earlier than and, and it's become very popular sure. now if you oh, you, yeah. you know you see it everywhere now in a yeah. lot of different companies. But I think we were pretty early adopters at We of were that. pretty early at yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. And and what it, what is it
0: uh I mean for you know so some of us spent a fair bit of, of time in the mountains and in those kind of rugged terrain and stuff. But do you feel like when when people see those images, um, you know, for for me, I see those things and and, and it makes me want to go mm-hmm. and be on that nasty cliff or exactly. go to that crazy place, but do you feel like, is it is it that allure for for other people as well, or is it just something that grabs that maybe they can't get or do something like that, but they aspire to, or what do you think goes through, why is that so attention grabbing for I, those I who mean, maybe I, are not as extreme yeah, <laughs> as some of us might but be? But I, I, huh? I
1: think it, it, does, it does, a lot of guys do aspire to that, yeah. they want to do that, they want to, you know, wh- whether they end up doing that in life or not, I think that's a that's a big part when you think about yeah. what maybe it is being a hunter you want to be a tough guy you want to be in the outdoors you want to be able to do things other people can't do yeah and so that part of it i think it 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 does fit well we and we wanted you know our our goal was to, to, to be the brand that that guy was using when he was, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. when he was up on this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, high that can hold up to it too. That can I take mean, it. it has right. To... They can handle that yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, wind and rain and cold and being dropped on the rocks and all that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. s-
2: sitting behind the darn things for, you know, hours at a time, yeah. you know, and not have, not have eye fatigue. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's a good, I mean, there's definitely a strong, aspirational aspect to it and i think with a lot of our marketing though we didn't use like a lot of i guess you know celebrity endorsements i mean we used
1: a few but not a yeah. few but yeah. uh,
2: but i guess as like the f- as maybe like supplements or like right. almost an ambassador element versus like the face of vortex yeah um i mean a lot of the imagery and things that you see i mean they're anonymous just regular People yeah. that love to hunt and are yep. super into hunting, and I think you know that helps people. Well, I um, think so. It's, they, I think they can it's, plug I think it's, themselves. Yeah, you know, like like exactly. they look, look at that picture, and they they can mentally plug themselves into it. And so I think there's an aspiration a- aspect, and I guess I always hope also there's an inspirational yeah, aspect yeah, to yeah. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And and how does so with uh with you coming on uh Sawyer and coming from your background, like how how does that uh, kind of your your input obviously a, a a little bit of an age difference, uh, you know, for what the hell is that supposed bit? to be? My <laughs> I mean, I'm just sorry, saying, Mark, 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 Mark. can are putting down on that. <laughs> <laughs> that's up to deter- interpretation. So, <laughs> well, it's been interpreted. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, so I mean, just because you have to have different different perspectives for for people coming on to a team. So for not being around on the team as long. In that type of age in the company, uh, <laughs> <laughs> how? Uh, that was how very tasty, but that put. was, that oh, was perfection <laughs> right there. I'm gonna yeah. start using that. that how, like, how does wh- the new perspectives get applied because of uh, maybe not being around, uh, seeing the maybe some of the way thing? I mean, obviously you see the culture coming through even now, but but not being there on the ground floor or just even along the way. How does how does that outsized perspective kind of? tie in from your, from your background to Vortex. Sure. Well,
3: I don't want to speak for an entire generation, but, um, my friends, the people I knew in college, it seems kind of our age bracket is really focused on, we talked about aspirational thinking earlier. Um, and I think with our generation, you're seeing more of, I want to make a difference. I want to work somewhere where I I go home and I feel, feel like I did something, you know? So the DNR kind of filled that niche for me um obviously it had its challenges but at the end of the day it was kind of that greater good angel on your shoulder kind of yeah today sucked but i mean t- tomorrow'll be better you're doing the right thing uh you're working for the state man you're you're just living the dream um <laughs> yeah. but i guess from my perspective it's that classic if it's not broke don't fix it yeah. and even when i was interviewing at vortex um kind of that conservation ethic always mm. stood out to me yeah um i was with the state for 6 years and i think maybe i sent one resume out um so i was extremely picky so yeah. i got to the point where i kind of find out found out a position was open and i'd actually worked with mark before that we did a web series at dnr and vortex came on as a sponsor so mm-hmm. i mean i had those connections even before that which was that was a pretty gr- progressive
2: you know yeah. piece for like you know a state agency which is probably
3: why we were attracted to it and wanted to work with you guys
2: on Mm -hmm. it yeah Yeah.
0: for sure
3: and it's it sounds tough too but it got to a point working for the state that um you just you know you're not going to get there you see the videos that a vortex is doing even some of the western states and and you just gotta kind of come to that realization if i want to continue to grow if i want to do the cool stuff that i want to do if i want to make a kind of a bigger splash uh this probably isn't the place to do it and that's I can't say enough good things about the people who work there from the biologists to engineers and all that. Just yeah. a great group of folks. But from a marketing perspective, um, I think it was just such an excellent opportunity to grow. And the brand is so strong. So I think that's really refreshing, too, because it gives you kind of some creative freedom. And they were really clear about that in the interviews, too. Like, uh, we'll take risks. We like we like being kind of the, the cutting edge. People yeah. are kind of blazing those new trails. And the other thing is, and I, I still think about this to this day, the amount of Vortex stickers that I see on people's trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. think you think about the bumper sticker effect and kind of the level of passion that someone has to have to, to slap a sticker on right. there. Yeah, that's commitment. Um, <laughs> this is an optics company, you know? Yeah. Like, very important to hunting and, and a very useful tool, but people feel strongly about this brand to the point that they are putting it On their vehicle, that was always really striking to me. So that that was actually a
2: really strong guerrilla marketing uh, campaign. Paul and I, Paul and I, spent a lot of time putting those on people's cars, (laughs)
0: like in the in the night, just just like this is a good one. Yeah, he looks like a hunter. Let's make a gamble. (laughs)
3: <laughs> some marketing students getting ready for finals just scratching yeah. down no, it's like vandalized yeah. cars yes, all right. yes. get your message any way possible Even whatever it takes it. <laughs> yeah. but but yeah nice. man i haven't been here for too long but uh it just feels like a natural fit especially being at bha like i, I love those guys too i've kind of hunted all my life so it's it feels good i feel kind of re-energized it's yeah. like some guys midlife crisis they get like a crotch racket or something i feel like i'm just I'm entering
1: that right now. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I the vortex I is your crush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's no, the I best got, analogy I got that, that out I got. of my way in my 20s. Yeah. I moved on to this instead. Yeah, yep. there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Um, and so with these different elements, I mean, I would say with just from people looking on the outside with uh, vortex, I mean, you have a lot of different kind of kind of different avenues, I feel like, that are able to, that people are able to connect with and mm-hmm. and some of them that you see on the on the social media side that i i don't feel like everybody is doing is taking it in a in a light-hearted perspective um and not to to you know put down or, or any i mean people i i think it's great to take and use something that's entertaining and funny to also get a, a message across i mean just with funny videos that come out and even just these, you know, mini web series of regarding food and toaster ovens. I mean, it just, (laughs) how has that always been a, 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 I guess, a trait with Vortex as far as keeping something not so serious, or is this something new that, that you guys helped to bring about or how, how did that kind of start? I I would
1: say it is newer, you know, certainly when we got started that, that, element really wasn't there you know somewhere along the line we we kind of grew into that and I think maybe we had we had some pretty talented video guys early mm-hmm. that I think sort of laid the groundwork for that and and they were you know as Sawyer mentioned they they were given a lot of freedom they were you know they had the ability to try what they wanted to try and 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 not be you know held down for it or anything and it it sort of just grew out from there you know yeah. It's, yeah. it's uh i mean but that, like that seed i don't know, like that's i feel like the seed was always there but
2: like maybe almost like the platforms yeah weren't there because yeah, like if maybe. you look back even like on some of our early i'll take like a, a print ad for example like i feel like one thing we've we've definitely portrayed a lot of this like you know like we talked about earlier like the inspirational aspirational like you know just these hardcore backcountry yeah optics intensive environments But also, like, along with that, like, you take a print ad that has that image, but, like, maybe the headline was, like, you know, you weren't taking yourself – you know, had an element of humor to it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's almost like – it's definitely very serious. They're very serious activities, but, you know, we try to keep things lighthearted at the same time.
0: And and it probably – I mean, you have to connect with the, uh, you know, the current um, things that are going on, too, that people can relate to. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not just – not just following the trends but even from the side of marketing like you do need to be relevant and make sense to those that you're trying to reach to and if it is uh, a younger crowd or that's spending all this time watching these other you know funny videos or cat videos i mean you're competing with other things that can very easily take someone's attention so i feel like taking that perspective doesn't just follow the current trends but it also creates your own perspective on something that somebody else is going to see elsewhere that Again, can potentially connect with people even outside of our industry. I mean, hunting mm-hmm. industry too. I mean, is that is that something? I guess for Vortex too. You know, I mean, you do have, I guess, some people that that do um, you know birding and even just using binoculars for other things. Do you do you see that as much of a um, uh, when when you're designing or, or thinking about those types of things as far as. Are you creating to kind of appeal to even non-hunters as well, or is that really not much of a demographic for for
1: Vortex? It's a pretty small demographic, I would say. It's definitely out there, mm-hmm. you know. And and from, from where Dan came from, it's it's always been a recognized part of it, and we're we're happy to, you know, to build stuff that works for for that crowd too. Yeah. Um. It just hasn't really, I think, been the focus of of you know styling and sizing and marketing and all that sort of thing <clears throat> it's always been there but but not not a hard focus the other the other part of our business that we haven't talked so much about here though that that has also tremendously helped us Rise is the segment of the market that's much more related to shooting and not so much hunting, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's a that's definitely a, a, yeah. a growing segment of the sure. you know of the buying public out there, and we've we've you know we've caught that very well. We caught a couple of trends, I think, right at the right time. So you know we're we're kind of focusing here on hunting stuff, but that's that part is a huge huge part of what our business is too. Yeah, and there were two trends that that we really caught early and quickly, and and that was supplying optics for the ar-15 platform rifle and being very early adopters of the of the long range shooting and hunting crowd and and we had models that came out very early we paid a lot of attention to that and that right now is one of the you know the hottest segments of the Mm -hmm. you know the the shooting market right now is long range shooting and hunting and and we very early on had had scopes that were specifically geared to that so we you know we kind of caught those just as they went straight through the roof and uh. yeah
0: yeah and and is it uh with that i guess um demographic as well um is there i mean because it seems like when you start getting into that realm there's there's a lot of different uh companies that tend to be very extremely expensive you know for fancy scopes and dialing and turrets and all this kind of stuff and and um you know, even just in the sense of of technology and keeping up with the current things that are that are changing. Um, how how does a, a company even like Vortex that has has a wide range of you know optics for different abilities, price ranges, and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to compete with these you know foreign brands or just are these different ones that that tend to people attracted to? I guess maybe for for certain long range or you know military sniper, you know whatever that might right, be. Like, right. H- how does how do you cover such a wide, you know? Well, I, you
1: know, one of the things with us is is we have a, a, I mean, a really great crew of people at Vortex. And we have, you know, we've talked about here, like my strengths obviously would be Western hunting and shooting. But we have guys that, that, that we work with that are very, very knowledgeable about mm-hmm. long range shooting, tactical shooting, tactical competition, stuff like three gun competition. Um, we you know we I'd say we have experts in all those fields we have a really really good crew of people there and so we we feel we're strongly competitive in in every arena that you mentioned I mean we have when you look at our high-end lineup in say rifle scopes I mean we feel we're competitive with anyone out there in performance and certainly better in things like service and warranty so yeah we don't I mean we don't take second fiddle to anybody in that stuff so yeah
0: well and but I'm I guess I'm I'm more referring to like just in in the sense of you know you you do connect with so many different how, how do you keep from getting you know uh, i guess having all these different kind of avenues that you can can uh, um focus you on, know, focus on yeah. and, and and just without getting i guess not necessarily too diversified, but just keeping just you know even spread too thin throughout yeah. all the different things or just you know kind of insight on on keeping a balance in you know kind of all the different areas
1: yeah i mean that's i'd say that's sort of an ongoing thing is 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 looking at what we 're doing um, it is i mean you have to obviously we want to focus on what we think is is the thing that 's growing the fast, where that yeah. interest is going to be you yeah. know when for example, when we work on new products sometimes a new product that you know can be a project that can take many years right. i mean we've had products that i think have been in development for five or six years sometimes so you've got to take this kind of long view on that type of thing and it's almost like you're looking into the crystal ball right. and you're trying to you know we don't want to give up any of those segments but obviously you want to concentrate on the ones where the growth is going to come right and it and it i mean it's tricky sometimes you're you know especially with a lead out in these products you're looking way ahead in the future and you're trying to think what you know what the guys want four years five years from now right and what should you know what are our competitors doing in the meantime what's coming out so it's, yeah. it's very interesting and we spend a lot of time at that
2: yeah. yeah you know i think you know one you know asset and you touched on it paul is the fact that we do have so many awesome people at vortex who are just Enthusiast, so deep and experts, so passionate yeah. about and and truly like you said yeah experts in kind of each of these you know i guess for lack of a better term like you know niche arenas niche of, markets yeah, of like yeah. you know we've got yeah like I said we've got uh people that are experts in you know competitive shooting and and three gun and long F-class range and f class yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. all this different um, stuff and i think that really you know when you're talking about design you know really helps us you know pick the right features and perfect the right features and um you may not be in product development but yeah. if if you are
0: you know, one of these experts, you,
2: you know, will be you, tapped. You'll, you will be <laughs> tapped you'll for, get listened to. Yeah, or, you know, yeah. which is cool. So yeah,
0: sure, yeah ha- having having real people that not only are smart and can can design and and do those things, but also be users of those products and the the actual people that are going out and and using them. You know, for their for their hunts or their shooting or, or that kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it definitely uh, can show through. You know, in, in authenticity, I think that's that's a big part of of making sure Absolutely. that that yeah. you do have that real perspective on what you're actually designing. I mean, having these guys and just even being here with the at the BHA event, and you know, you you connect with other hunters at various different levels and when you can actually you can talk you you, I mean, you can understand and relate to what they're what they're what, looking for what, what they what need it's, yeah. it's not just yeah. you know being on the outside and you know for some companies and maybe they get to a certain size where they're getting people from other industries and stuff to you know try to cover it doesn't always they can't always connect with the same people because the person designing it that can't necessarily doesn't know what that hunter needs to be looking like when right, they right. be in that shot or that, you know, photo or whatever. Oh, I, so. know.
1: I, you know, I, I, I definitely, you know, won't get into naming names, but I've watched one very well-known <laughs> European brand over the years. that's really struggled with that type of thing that, yeah. you know, very strong brand, but very obviously doesn't particularly relate to American yeah. shooters and hunters. And, yeah. and, I, and I'd watch their ads and they were always like, <laughs> not quite a good fit yeah and it was like it never seemed to sink in and relate to them so yeah 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 well, and so
2: you just well, some of that stuff you just don't know you need something until you need it yeah you know and i know that's happened to me a few times you're like get out there and you you never would have thought of it in a million years and then I'll, you're in a scenario and you're like huh you know, yeah. light bulb kind of goes off. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you don't have it at the time, yeah, but yeah. you make that mental note
0: or even write it down. And it goes to
1: the top of your list for uh, when you get back. Yep.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And it's um, I think for uh, you know part of the the side of that too comes from when you're when you're creating things that are showing your brand. Um, you know, you look through the the catalog or website or that kind of things. I think people can see more and more when it's when it's a real. Scenario that was captured in something that was you know authentic that relates to a crowd or inspires them to to want to be in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously you have times when you you have to get that shot for a product or you're trying to you know mm-hmm. you you have to create to re- recreate to some extent sometimes. But you know you're still staying true to what would have been you know real and true in that type of set you yep. know, setting kind yeah. of thing too. Yep. And um and so it has has on those different arenas I and mean, we talked about with you know videos and and photography and instagram and stuff like that i mean what seems to be the best way that you guys have been able to connect and even continue to grow the the brand i mean it's 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 a continual you know awareness and you're you're telling more people about it and you know word of mouth still happens online but um what seems to be i guess the 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 area that you want to put the most focus in that seems to connect best with people
1: yeah you have kind of that's your i mean you've been involved with a lot mark
0: i mean
2: in some ways i think it boils down to just being um like accessible and accessible and and relatable and human yeah you know Mm -hmm. and i think those are like really three basic things that are you know definitely interlinked but um i don't know i mean we're all human beings you know and like when you chat with somebody like it's nice when you call a company, you talk to a person that works at that company, and yeah. they're knowledgeable about oh, the Oh, he doesn't know how to use they... his
0: remote on his truck, too. That's great. Like, I can relate to that. Yeah, I so, saw yeah, that, yeah. okay? Um, <laughs>
2: Ooh,
0: singling, <laughs> singling Mark out there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's a okay. single tap, not a double we go, tap, we go We go way. way back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nope. One and done, one and done. Just, you know, hey,
0: for people to pay attention on social media, you know, like I said, it, it's memorable. You, you remember companies that just, you're real and raw. I mean, it's just, that's, I feel like you, the platforms have allowed people to become more open right. for the better or for worse. Unfortunately, sometimes people see a lot of the worse sides too. But I mean, it, when you can be that real people, you know, they have a way to connect beyond just a brand, just a product. And I think that really, really resonates with people. I mean, it seems to, at least at least for me, like it allows, you know, me to to take that time and, and know that that's, that's a real person on the other side that you're talking to, that you're buying, you know, from or spending time with and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think the kind of having that broad range of experts too, and I, I
3: noticed this before I officially came here, but now really noticing it now that I'm here is you have such a wide range of experts and people who are so deep in that culture yeah, that it really equips you very well to align yourselves with the right people. Mm-hmm. Whether that's from an influencer working with other brands or anything like that, that was something that was extremely apparent to me before I started working there. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether a, a Renella or something like that, it really becomes apparent that there, there is a great deal of thought going into Uh, who we are aligning ourselves with. And I think that really resonates with people too. It's not that kind of that big corporate brand all the time. It's, well, I watch this web series. He's using a a Viper. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a Viper. That makes sense. I trust that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, or as a company, I think it's, it hasn't been necessarily about the numbers, you know, maybe like whatever TV show might be reaching like 10 million people. Mm Mm-hmm. But if it's not in the right way or maybe it doesn't, you know, reflect, you know, our core values and who we are, then, you know, maybe that's not a show that we're going to work with, you know. But, yeah. you know, in contrast, there could be a show that's maybe reaching 10 people. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty big, you know, hopefully they're hitting a few more than 10. But <laughs> um, but if it's in the right way and it's the right people, then, you know, that is something that we probably want to work with. And Sawyer brought up a good point. You know, I mean, gosh, it is just such a, an asset having people at Vortex being entrenched in these different, you know, activities and which all have kind of almost a, a microculture to yeah. them uh,
1: mm, because yeah. there's so
2: much nuance to it, yeah. you know, and, and it'd be impo- it'd be impossible unless you were just an expert at all these things, which I know I'm not, you, you just, you wouldn't know those those kind of nuanced elements that right. are yeah. really so important.
3: Right. And the yeah. inter- the internet's so fickle too. One little slip up in an Instagram photo or in a Facebook post, finger placement, Yep. What boots he's wearing, something like that. Man, yep. that stuff can
1: really backfire on get you too. Point point it out very quickly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's definitely has to be uh done done properly, like we were saying, but it's also like you said, I mean, there's you have all these eyes on you and there's they're depending on for insight ideas and that kind of stuff too, but then you have the, the side that's going to, it's going to very amplify the <laughs> the things that are not done well. And, and mm-hmm. so you have to yeah. have to have, make sure that that quality control is, is happening along that whole way. The, the things that we get to do, it seems like either with, with our work or even just our passions that we get to do in the outdoors, um, you know, can lead to some pretty cool experiences and adventures. So, um, so what about for, for you, Paul, like, how is, how is that uh, a big part of um kind of what you enjoy to do well, we, yeah
1: we just talked about that a little bit and, and for me the you know I come from that adventure hunting thing that that is what drives me but but I think what's really cool and Sawyer you kind of touched on you know things that motivate you that, that that make you feel good about what you're doing that you're making a difference and I think one of the the cool things for me that I'm I'm very happy about is is with this whole adventure hunting thing is that I think it it, it made a lot of people look at hunting differently yeah um and mm-hmm. not you know in, in many ways people who are not familiar, didn't grow up with it, may have a, a bad view of hunting. They have a yeah. the picture of the, you know, the overweight guy running around in a pickup truck, drinking beer and, and shooting deer out of the window with a truck, or, you know, some old school guy and, you know, in red flannels and, and, you know, just just hiking around his house and hunting. Where I think the, the adventure hunting thing, what what I like and I hope is that I think that's driven many young people maybe to look at hunting differently and seeing it's it's or someone that didn't grow up doing it and see it's not it's not this preconceived image that i had of it of this slob hunter but all of a sudden it's this really cool thing it's it's hunting sure but it's 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 bringing home meat to eat it's it's having adventures it's climbing mountains it's going camping it's doing a lot of really neat things that are that are all rolled into that and that's, I mean, it's been very satisfying to, you know, to, to know that uh, completely separate from the, you know, the rise and success of Vortex, but knowing that maybe yeah. you're, maybe you're bringing people into the fold that previously wouldn't have considered hunting or the yeah. outdoors. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point, Paul. You know, I mean, you look at people who, you know, I guess, you know, oftentimes that, you know, the backpacking mountaineering side of things is kind of considered this the separate market or like almost in in some ways, you know, potentially even at odds with the hunting Sometimes, community, Right. right. Uh, not always for sure. But I think, you know, like you said, a lot of showing and portraying and engaging and, and really essentially all those similar elements yeah. of those recreation activities. And then, and then, you know, adding the hunting component on top and like you said, the food, the, you know, the strong food component, um, yeah, I think there is definitely a recruitment, a recruitment uh, element to it. I think that's, you know, super important and really cool.
0: Yeah. And has that been big for you just getting to experience these different things, even through, um, you know, going to spend time in the outdoors with other people or or what's, you know, how does that kind of connect with what you enjoy doing? So, yeah, you know, I mean, growing up, growing up in a hunting family
2: and, you know, hunting fishing family, I mean, really that's, those were the two things, you know, that I, you know, cared about. I mean, like I even, I remember like, you know, I thumbed through like uh family picture albums and really I ripped through it until I found a fish picture or a hunt picture. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, all those memories would come flooding back. And, yeah. and I think, you know, I mean, that kind of maybe just kind of shows like, I guess the importance of, of those things in, in my life. And so, yeah, just, um, always wanting uh i think i had a natural desire to do new things like we grew up hunting deer and elk but like you know once i found out that we had a, a black bear season that opened early i was like man i really want to do that and i'd fight with my brother because he was the only one that could drive and i'd be like Dude, <laughs> we need to go bear hunting and you know he might have some other interests but um but uh but yeah so i mean just always i, I think Personally, I've always had a desire to do like new and different things. You know, yeah. it's like I haven't hunted this or I haven't been to this place. And man, the the places that that hunting takes you and the things that you get to see that you just would not have seen otherwise. Yeah. Um, it's just it's astounding, you know, and, and uh, I know it's definitely been a, an important part of my life and, and, you know, kind of at my core and the center of who I am. And so, you know, we're talking about work a little bit bit here or you know kind of you know combining the two things and I knew that you know you know I guess to essentially kind of be happy in life like I needed to you know bring my work and my passions together and you know I've been fortunate and super blessed to have been able to do that you know um and a lot with Vortex so you know you meet all these great people and you get to work with these great people and and you get to become friends with these people I think that's one thing that's really important um man life's life's too short to hunt with somebody that you don't want to hunt with. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but so, yeah, I mean, to be able to call, you know, to go on a bear hunt or do something like that and call it work is like, you know, I mean, I mean, that's, that's
0: a dream. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, what about for you Sawyer, as far as the, the, the things that you get to spend, you know, outside of, uh, you know, even just work, but just getting out and, and connecting in that outdoor space.
3: Yeah, so I'm kind of on the flip side from these guys, for now at least, I'm hoping to expand, but I'm kind of the prototypical Midwestern, whitetail, turkey, puddle duck, catfish from a sandbar type of thing. Um, I think each have their merits, but I think obviously the name of the game for me is accessibility. Yeah. So you hear these guys talk about these hunts, New Zealand, Washington, all these things, and I think in a past life, I may have thought to myself, well, that's cool, I'll watch it on amazon prime it's it's never going to happen but i think what vortex does a really good job of and they've done a good job putting people in these positions that can make these things seem accessible doable yeah Yeah, so you can reach out and do it it can still be this aspirational thing where it's like well maybe when i retire maybe in 10 years um but i think a lot of the people we've aligned ourselves with and the staff here too they kind of explain these processes and make it accessible which even working at DNR with kind of R three and things like that, accessibility I think is still the biggest thing in anything. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talked
1: a little bit earlier um, off the mic about you know I I grew up just like you, Sawyer. I mean I I grew up here in the Midwest on a, on a little farm, and we talked about I think the things that drove me as a kid is 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 I I was fortunate enough to have a great place right out in my you know my backyard to go and hunt, but very quickly. I found I got I got really tired of fences and boundaries, and I I hated the the concept of you know everybody being locked into these small parcels of private yeah. land. And and you you might want to you know see new country and go to new places, but you you know you go five hundred yards and boom, there's the neighbor's fence, and you can't cross <laughs> that. And, and right. that you know that that propelled me. You know that's what that's what eventually drove me to to learn about the West and big public land and BHA, yeah. which is the whole reason that you know, yeah. we're all mm-hmm. here today. Yeah, And and it was just one thing led to another. And then it's your, you know, your horizons keep broadening. And then it was hunting Alaska. And then it was try to, to go and maybe hunt in different places around the world. And, you know, and hunting is just an incredible thing. I mean, it's, I, it, it keeps me in shape. It keeps yeah. me wanting to stay fit and, and being able to go and do these places and see, and, and I know there's, there's still this long list of places that <laughs> yeah. I'll never, you know, I, I'll run out of time, yeah. but, you know, I'll keep trying to do it as long as I can. Yeah. Well,
2: and then, I mean, there's the people, right? The people that yeah, you become is, friends it's, with it's, along it's, the way. It is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you like, forge. Like-minded
1: people that love doing the same thing. So, yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: And, and you, I mean, you forge these lifelong relationships, you know, I mean, you could hunt with somebody for a week once in your life, but you are yeah. always, I mean, that person might, still fit into that best friend category because of those experiences that you shared together. And I think that's, you know, example of really how powerful hunting can be and how big of an impact it can have on, you know, your interpersonal relationships with, with other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so as we wrap up here, um, for those that I guess are listening and then, you know, getting to hear from those that get to, to do some, some things that they love to do and getting to be involved in industries that they love to be involved in, um, how how does one do that if if they're aspiring to just, you know, be passionate about what they do for work, getting to work with cool people? I mean, any, I mean, you don't all have to speak to it, but just if there's some things that kind of come to mind as far as like, you know, the, the others that, that want to, to, to be in a better position to, you know, do more what they enjoy. I mean, I, I'd say I was once in my buddy's house and his wife
2: had a, wood uh a hand-painted wood plaque up that said follow your bliss and so that's that's just kind of what i did
1: pretty good yeah (laughs) (laughs) live (laughs) laugh love (laughs)
2: exactly exactly yeah i don't know you know i i think it's just you know putting yourself i mean yeah i was kind of joking there but i mean you know try try to follow your passion you know and try and find um you know and, and work hard at it and perfect your craft and I guess yeah. your other skills and business skills I mean it's certainly not all fun and games no you know? there's
1: you know there's probably all different routes guys can go but I think there's a point where you have to if you're thinking about this stuff and thinking about it enough and you're realizing that it is something you want to do it's you know it's 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 don't wait but do it I guess yeah you know and I found myself in my mid-20s in a, in a fairly successful career doing something but but knowing those things we talked about earlier i i knew what was in my heart i i knew the things that motivated me and so i got to my a point in my late 20s and that just finally boiled up it was like i knew it was there and i sold every possession i had everything i was down to a old ford bronco and you know some hunting gear and a in a old (laughs) aluminum boat yeah and i went and i just i didn't know how to do it i i went and actually i grew up hunting i was a very very good hunter at that time. And I signed up for, you know, one of these, these guide schools out in Montana. And I went out there just as a foot in the door. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, you know, I yeah, it, you turned, know. it was a good fit. I mean, I had to do yep. it for 20 years after that. But it was kind of that foot in the door. And it was that thing. It was just, you know, it almost got down to a decision that I thought about and thought about. And was like, nope, I'm doing it. Yep. And just, you know, put in my notice, quit everything, sold all my stuff, and just. You know, nice. didn't know where I was gonna end up. I mean it was right. a big roll of yeah. the dice. So. Well, I think
2: that's a huge thing to keep in mind too. Like that foot in the door and that starting point, Paul, like I mean you're you're like worlds apart from there, but that the experiences you gained through that and yeah. built on over Tremendous. time oh, yeah. it's not a yeah. it's not a um it's not a short road or something that's going to happen oh, yeah. instantly. No, it was, yeah.
1: it was a hard road. You know, I spent a lot of years there making very, you know, my my lifestyle and income dropped off a cliff doing that. You know, it was really, I found myself definitely in the position of, you know, you better love what you're doing because yeah. it's the only reason you're here. Well, but, you probably right, made financial
2: was, sacrifices, oh, relationship yeah. sacrifices. Oh, yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, it does, it, yeah, it probably doesn't come <laughs> without...
1: No, but <laughs> yes. then, you know, never look back. I wouldn't yeah. trade it for anything now and, and yeah. it, you know, and then it just it followed a couple of jigs and jogs and and then, you know, ended up as we talked about earlier mm-hmm. here at interviewing at Vortex yeah. and then being here for a long time and yeah. like Mark said, finding a career that just did a really nice job of meshing the things I loved yeah. into a, you know, a, a, a career with a good income and right. retirement and the ability to raise a family and all that stuff. So yeah. it just, you know, it just d- be aware and in you know maybe initially off the bat it's it is a struggle but usually you can you can build on that and well, you know just go places
2: i mean yeah i mean that that first job or it's just you like i you said you're not going to you're not going to get to where you want to be like it it really is man it's such a path and it's a yeah. windy path and you yeah. don't always know where yeah. it's going to go but i can tell you my retail experience like Invaluable experience that I that I keep I keep those things with me today. Right. Yep. When I got to Cabela's, my first job, I was a copywriter. wasn't the best writer when I got there, but I definitely <laughs> developed a lot of writing skills <laughs> yeah. while I was there. You got it. I use those yeah. all today, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just it really is amazing when you look back about how all those different experiences compound and you know kind of lead you to. Yeah, you know where, where you stand where right you now, now. Yeah. and then I guess yeah. who knows where you're going to mm-hmm. go from here. Yeah. And yeah.
3: It, it sounds so cliche, but just the importance of managing the relationships that you have, because not to bring back the generational thing again, but anecdotally, kind of I'm seeing and you're seeing people are switching jobs a lot more. There's a yeah. lot more mobility. Yep. Um. So uh, going the extra mile to keep that touch point there, I think yeah. is crucial if you want to work in this industry or something similar, because you never know when you're going to have the opportunity to call some up like, Hey, uh, I saw you have this job listing. A lot of these places already have a candidate internally anyway. <laughs> so if, if you've got that connection, I think that's huge. Yeah. And then the other thing is perspective. Like when I started at DNR, I was licking envelopes. I had a college degree, you know, <laughs> right? Like you got to start <laughs> yeah, somewhere. You start. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have this grand vision of, Oh, I'm going to run the show at Vortex. You know, it's like, get to work like grab your shovel and let's go and if you're doing good work you're gonna you're gonna move your way up and make those connections so yeah
1: and you know I I have to jump back a little bit and give give credit to Dan Hamilton the fellow that started Vortex and I think Dan's had a knack for sort of pulling in these stray dogs like myself over the years (laughs) but but guys that were you know a a, a really good fit and, and worked out you know and there's 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 i could i could name off probably a half a dozen other people at vortex that are really kind of similar in the way mm-hmm. they came there but i think dan had a really good eye in 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 just picking the right people and yep. putting together the right crew over the years of yeah you now no, his
2: his <laughs> his intuition and vision like are they're kind of yeah. they're definitely um uh, they're pretty next level things and actually one thing you know we talked a lot about this is one thing i was thinking of earlier we talked a lot about, you know, marketing of products and, like, how you portray them and this, that, the other. But I definitely want to give credit to our product development guys and our engineering team. Yeah. Because um, they actually make our jobs really, really, really easy because they, <laughs> they, make, they, they make these amazing <laughs> yeah. products. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you can plug something into this, you know, uh, you know place or in this person's hands but if it's not a good product it's a wrong product it it doesn't just doesn't make you know people are going to figure that out real quick yeah so
0: like i said those those guys we're we're super blessed with those guys because they make Mm -hmm. they make our job really easy yeah Yeah. you got to start with with good things to to put out there because yeah it'll show up quickly if it's not quality no for sure Yeah. yeah Well, we definitely appreciate you guys uh, being on here. I know there's a, a few different um, with the podcast and different stuff that you guys have. So, where where's the best place for people to go if they haven't, you know, listened or following Vortex and all the that they have to offer?
2: Man, I'd say, um, you know, uh, Sawyer touched on, you know, accessibility. That's something that we <coughs> focus really hard on, yeah. and so we want to talk with our customers. So, I mean, if you want to call in, you know, eight hundred four two six zero zero four eight we got a team of guys that are i mean they're experts so even if it's not a question about an optic if it's a question about f class or ars or mounting of your optic or hunting um you know we can chat with them that way uh we're active on all the social media platforms facebook twitter instagram slide
3: slide in the dms man you're gonna get an answer yep (laughs) you're gonna get an answer
2: back exactly exactly so i mean like we we like we genuinely like want to chat with and hear from our customers and help them to the best of our ability. Yeah, right. so.
1: Well said. Yeah.
0: And uh, the podcast, they can find that. Yeah.
2: Vortex nation podcast. Uh, a lot of, a lot of great topics on there. And, and uh, so he, uh, you might have a question and we might have a, you know, handful of folks on there talking about, your exact question for, yeah. for an hour and, and, and hopefully you know, in a pretty good detail. Thank you for listening to this detail. podcast. So, we um, hope you're um, able to glean some, some, some valuable there insights or, from this or, episode. You know, if you enjoyed, enjoyed it, please well, leave us a awesome. review. Well, thanks and for taking some of your
0: time here you and uh, feedback. we would love we'll to enjoy the, the rest if you of you want the want to find out more, visit SilverLineFilm.com. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Instagram and Facebook under Silver Line Films. And we look forward to seeing you next week on Silver Line Behind the Frame.